in the world of floral design, there are so many wonderful educational floral podcasts. Do you want to tell me which ones they are, Dal? Because I've never heard them. Oh, thank God. I mean, imagine. Because it's definitely not these. one of those. It's not no, this. can you imagine? No, I, I don't want to do it. It's, she's not for me. It's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> How are you this morning, I my would. good sister? Would you believe that it is below 30 degrees here in sunny Perth today? How's Stop your it. I know. Stop it. How's your humid winter? In How's your Mancunian humid winter, love? You know what? She's still really warm. I don't know what the temp is today. I'm going to check. I'm going to pull it up on my phone. She's eight degrees today. Oh, she's sweltering um, for you. She's, she's sweltering. Sweltering. She, she's warm for a January, which is great. But, you know, as we've covered previously, do I care about the dolphins? Not really. No. No. Not and so she much. wants to be... Yeah. If she can fly out the front to check her mailbox in just a nice little nighty and it's a breezy eight degrees she's up for it absolutely i mean the other day i'm not even gonna lie i ran out of pepsi max i ran to the corner <laughs> shop i threw on a hat you left you, know, you actually went shopping Wow. I actually did. Left the manse, um, you know, nipped to the corner shop, you know, <laughs> wide-brimmed hat on with a little bit of mosquito net. <laughs> Fabulous. fab you How has your week been, darling? What have you been whirling this week? What's caught your attention? What have you seen? What have you been doing? What's going on in the world of Madame Landers? Um, it's been one of those weeks where it, it, the whole wedding side of the business has just consumed me. Like, every... Mm. Every bridegroom and their dog wants to have a consultation at the moment. So it's just, you know, and trying to mm. schedule that in before Valentine's Day and yeah. It's all She's just weddings, weddings, weddings. Yeah. It's been one of those. Do you weeks. have that thing? Like we have that thing when like I come back from our winter break as in so we always try to take like two weeks off at Christmas, or I do anyway, you know, from like before Christmas till, you know, at least early Jan, so you feel like re- relaxed and like ready for the year ahead and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. Um and I always come back to like a load of emails being like, Hi Joseph, uh I hope you're well. Um so I'm getting married in really soon, in like um at the end of October, and I just wondered where we're up to. <laughs> Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Do you get that as well? Yeah. And I literally, I smack and I forward it to my team because I'm just like, no, like this is net, like behave yourself. But we get a lot of that. I would say at least 10 emails of that kind of nature. Well, those emails come, that you get ahead. that have got like the little pointy arrow things on the left side. And it's just like, oh, bitch, you forwarded this. She's you forwarded. You yeah. forwarded this email to She's me. Forwarded. Who do you think I yeah. am? Don't, oh, don't hello yes. lovelies me. You say hello team Matthew Landers. Who do you think you're addressing here? <laughs> it's exactly that though. That like, I get the feeling that like people are like, I don't know. I think people think I go bust at Christmas or we closed up because we're not active on social media and all the rest of it. We're not there. So when it comes back, everyone's like, I'm, I'm getting married this year. I'm getting married this year. And I'm like, I know. You're in, yeah. you're in the diary. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Like, you are I can 11 see your months wedding. away. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> I can see your wedding. You're approximately uh, 39 weeks away from yeah. the wedding. We we know it's there. We can see it's there. Have you got anything? Have there been any changes? Anything you'd like to discuss? No. Didn't no. think so. Okay. Bye-bye. So, in that case, we'll be in touch eight weeks before your special day. Yeah. Have a special January. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, my gosh. Well, one of the things that I've seen this week, which has been quite interesting, have you seen the new um, collaboration between Kim Kardashian I West have. and um, Jeffrey Lipham. Yes. What are your thoughts? Have you seen it? Have you seen any of the visuals? I have. I just, the only thing I want to add into that is I think the bottle is so fucking ugly. 
Do you? It's yeah. not for She's me. I don't know what it me. is. It's just not for me. It's like, to me, mm. it looks like some sort of Japanese bong. You know, like you'd you'd, you'd sip some uh, sake out of it and then you'd have a yes. cone. You know, like I do ju- know my way around a Japanese bong. I yeah. do. Yes. It's just yes. the most odd shape vessel, you know, and I look at it and I'm like, where was the inspiration drawn from this? Like, did someone find some ashes of someone somewhere in a cellar? And then they went, you know what? That's a gorgeous shape. Let's chuck a fragrance in it. Why not? Inspired by the ashes of Kim's hamster. Um, I feel that when I look at it, like, I think it's a vase. I think the top of it is like a vase that you can put like water in and then flowers and all the rest of it, which is cute. Um, I just like the reason why I'm mentioning it is because I think like, it's wonderful that floral designers have the opportunities Absolutely. that they do nowadays. Yep. You know, to collaborate with, like, let's be honest, like the biggest, if not one of the biggest celebrities in the world, to be like, yeah, I'm dropping like a fragrance collection. I think that's so cool. I really, really do. Um, and I can't wait until um, it's me. So, Jeff, enjoy your time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> enjoy this collection. It'll be your last. Yeah, no, I'm joking. Um, what did you see the installation they did for the uh, like the launch of it? They did like I didn't even know there was that many gardenias growing in the world at one time, let alone (laughs) in one place at one time. Like, girl, honestly. Yeah, it was pretty full on. It was pretty full on. They're, they're really easy to get hold of in America, though. So in the UK, whenever I get like Jardinia, I can only really order the plants in. Jardinia. Um, Let's just stop Jardinia. that, Any You poor Jardinia. Jardinia. You know, yeah. Jardinia. You know, one of these days I'm going to start a separate brand called like ASMR <laughs> Joseph's Jardinia, and it'll just be me like making breathy sounds into a microphone. <laughs> Will you buy it? Will I would. Buy it? Yeah, someone I would. Will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will I'd have to pay it for sure. $29 a month. Thank yeah. you. Um, the way I kind of see it is, um, yeah, they're, anyway, they're super available in uh, America. You get them like all the time in like little boxes and all the rest of it. But over here, we have to get them on the plants. And uh, yeah, it's a nightmare. You can get like, um, you know, a tray of six plants and you'll have like half of a bud on it. And you're like, great, 80 quid. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> um, it's so frustrating. But yeah, no, it, it looks really, really beautiful. So I always, um, I, like people think I don't, like look at things or see things I think because and I am usually pretty focused on yeah I don't really because yeah. I am usually focused very much on uh the stuff that I'm doing but I did catch that this week and I thought oh it's just fantastic I think it's so exciting yeah. um darling friend what is our topic for this week I can't remember oh shit I thought you might say that <laughs> so <laughs> we can tell which one of us the glue and which one of us uh, is the sparkle I'm just so, a talent love I just arrived <laughs> <laughs> Well, this week we are talking about taking things from a side hustle to a full-time career. So if you've been starting out in floral design, maybe you've been working from home, it's your passion, it's your side hustle, you are girl bossing it, hashtag and all the rest, but you're ready to take that leap, but it feels a little scary. Mm -hmm. How do we make that leap? How do we kind of go from, and you know, this I think will be an episode that will hopefully resonate with a lot of people. Because I bet there's so many people that are in this position now. Yeah, totally. And I think it's it's so easy, you know, to also let your... I've definitely been guilty of, like, letting your ego get in the way sometimes and going, oh, we'll, we'll just become massive. You know, like, I, I actually am Louis Vuitton. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I, I won't be told otherwise. And it's like... Well, can we just say that like, you've kind of achieved that? So, <laughs> like, it's not... She's, she's it's not a lie. <laughs> but, you know, it's so strange because sometimes, you know, you... 
you have this vision in your head of what that looks like and then you get there and you think, shit, this is not at all what I imagined. Like, at all. So, but don't you think that's like that's life in general sometimes? Do you know course, what I mean? You know, there have been men I've seen on the dance floor and I've thought, I am taking you home tonight yeah. and we are making passionate music together. And then you get home and you think, just leave. God, just leave. Yeah. Just or leave. Or you see your you know? own foundation in natural light and you think, I've got to go. I've got to go. The yeah. moment has passed. Yeah. The magic has faded. She will be oon pumpkin after midnight. <laughs> she needs to leave. She yeah. needs to leave. Yeah, life can be like that sometimes, but that's the beauty of it. You don't know what it's like till till you get there, you know? Um, so did you ever start off floristry as a side gig? I bet you didn't. Of course you didn't. Um, no. I didn't. To be honest, I didn't really have that luxury. It was sort mm. of um, bestowed upon me, I guess. It's like the, I was basically betrothed into the floral industry. You were. I you truly were. was. Yeah. So it's like, as much as I made the choice to stay in the industry, it never went from side hustle to business for me. It was just kind of always. Always full on. Yeah. It has my whole life. Like if I had to describe my life in one word, in like a memoir, it would just be chaos. My life has been chaos since I was born. So. Oh gosh. Yeah, I I actually sometimes look at others, you know, that have this gorgeous little side hustle and I think it's somewhat envious to a point because it's, you know, they're kind of dictating to themselves and to others how busy they are and how much they work. And I feel like sometimes you actually do get so big or busy that you're no longer dictating. Someone's dictating for you, like Mm. how and when you work. So, Mm. yeah. I've never side hustled anything in my life, I don't think. Like, I was always... Not even in New Orleans? (laughs) Not even in New Orleans. No, can you stop it, please? That story is (laughs) never being aired. How bloody dare you? (laughs) So, to put it back onto the tracks, I have never side hustled anything <laughs> anything in my life really because I, I you know I was one of those like super ambitious teenagers I was like really driven I'm really gonna you know put 100% into whatever I do and I um you know I found floristry and just loved it and I was like there was never any doubt that that was what I wanted so I just like pursued it like full time but I had the luxury the privilege of being young with no responsibilities you know I was able you know didn't have kids and all the rest of it so it didn't have to be a side hustle and then go into something else I had you know the freedom because I was young to be like this is what I'm doing and I'm diving in but I do know that so many of my other students that come from our school they are currently maybe they're you know they're looking to do a career change they're currently in a job that they maybe don't love anymore and they're looking to do something different or maybe they have family obligations it's kids or parents or you know family members whatever it might be that they have to you know take up a portion of their time um and they're looking to slowly build something that will hopefully be something bigger one day and i think it's it's really really common to see that i would say most of my students Mm. um are currently engaged in something and are looking to do something else Mm. as opposed to a kind of like you know maybe i don't know 20, 21, and are looking to dive into something as like, uh, you know, a full-time career. And I think it can be pretty scary, right? Yep. To consider kind of going from, you know, something that maybe you've been doing part-time or even something that you considered as like a hobby to then have to do it full-time, you know? And it's interesting because I've heard asked so many times as a tutor and just as a uh, you know a fellow peer florist, it's like mm-hmm. if you're doing your training, what's your mm-hmm. opinion? Should you go and work for someone else first, or mm-hmm. if you feel that your destiny is just to work for yourself, do you just go straight into working for yourself? 
And it's a hard question to answer because for me, it's Mm. always like if you go straight into working for yourself, you don't have the immediate peers to guide you, you know, and assist Mm. you. Those that have danced on the dance floor before, those that have, you know, forged the path before you have. And it's like sometimes you don't always want to hear about the A-line bowl that Heather Rogers was making 35 years ago. But, you know, every now and then. Hey? For the eighth time. For the eighth time in the morning. And it's just, you know, (laughs) but there's often a lot of support and love that comes from those people that have been there and done that. And so, Mm -hmm. I really sit on the fence and it's really difficult. I think the the biggest thing is it's just like, do you want to be a hobbyist or do you want to be a business person? I think that's the key question because Mm -hmm. I think that really also determines the difference between side hustle and fully fledged business mm. well you you actually made me remember something that i kind of forgot about myself mm. i remember that when i was a student um you know 18 19 20 i was doing all these competitions and you know let's be honest winning all these all of them all these yep. countless competitions um and i remember thinking to myself i do not want my own business before i'm 25 yep. and i don't know where that came from i don't know where that was you know no one ever told me it was like a good thing to do or you know and when i look back i think, gosh, if I would have started earlier my own company, I would have been able to reap the benefits so much more richly mm-hmm. from everything that I was doing in my own career. But at the same time, I was trying to learn as much as I could and I put myself in every situation to really be a sponge, to soak up as much as I can. So I started out in retail and when I say retail, that's a lie. It was like a market stall. Um, <laughs> you know, and then from then I moved into retail proper with like walls etc and then from there I moved into like a city centre shop and then I moved into events and then I moved took a job in another country and I was I was really collecting these experiences and my thoughts were over time I will figure out exactly where I want to be and what I want to do and that did actually put me in really good stead I would say like if you're starting out in the industry and you know you've maybe done a couple of courses and you know you've got some orders coming in for bouquets and whatever it can really benefit you to work for someone else for a little while first because there is no better experience than being in a shop or in a studio or in someone's you know space and knowing and seeing how it's done properly because there's so much that you don't know when you start out you know and it's interesting because then when you go down that path, often you'll also then go, nah, I'm going to open my own business because I can do it better than them. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I have worked in countless, not countless businesses, but I've definitely worked in a couple of places where I have thought you are a mongrel and this place is a hound pen and I am doing this better. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's, yeah, it's, it's very... I am leaving your kennel. Yeah. Um, the quash has I been put say- back on and the cache has been cleared on your computer. Yes, I'm because you learn from how people do things yeah. and you learn from how people treat people. And, you know, I would like to think that, I mean, I'm not like putting myself up for like manager of the world, you know what I mean? Or manager of the world, you know, best manager in the world award. Um, but I do know for sure that it's through experience of seeing how people 
you know, manage things and handle things that you, you see those moments and think, never again. Mm-hmm. I would never do that if this was my business. Mm-hmm. And then you take all of those little moments and you be like, okay, I am like not going to do, you know, in my own place, I would never do this. Like I can imagine like, you know, oh my gosh, I worked for some really poor boss. <laughs> <laughs> like really poor uh like behaviors and situations and all that kind of stuff and you can take that from you know although they're not great to go through at the time you can look back at those and think never again ever 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 again never again no yeah, it puts you in a good place, yeah. So, if you had a student who had come to your school, Matthew, and they were saying, you know, I love floristry, I'm just starting out, how can I, how can I put myself in front of clients? Like, how can I kind of, you know, start to build something up? What advice would you have for them? Where would you begin? I think you have to create your own, um, what I would call, I guess, professional identity, um, a language mm-hmm, that you use mm-hmm. that becomes iconic to your own business and professional mm-hmm. um, way forward, you know, something it's, it's no different to like signature styles in fashion, you know, and you look mm-hmm. at things and you look at fashion archives and you can identify the difference between something that's Balenciaga or Dior or Givenchy. And you can see mm-hmm. the differences based on the tailoring. And I feel like there's mm-hmm. um, those key differences. It's no different to like um, applique leaves. Like it's very iconic to you. You know, we all have something that we, we possess and it's, it's a language mm. and mm. it's, it's about, I think developing that and you shouldn't expect to find that overnight and you shouldn't expect to push yourself to find that. But I feel like in this industry, that is the secret source. You know, like there are some mm. people that are just really, really great with color palettes and they do these really strange color palettes or strange use oh, of color you. at, Love you. Don't use colour. You use beige and white. (laughs) (laughs) Sit down. Take a seat, love. I'm not finished. (laughs) You know, and it's just I feel I feel like there's some people use different forms and different um you know different textures and different. Yeah, I feel like that's that to me is the first thing I think that you need to actually find. You know, you need to find Mm. yourself, and I think that that comes from experience. So sometimes that might actually look like going and actually working for wages, going and working for someone else and going and working in someone else's business or freelancing for them or, or doing work experience or whatever it looks like. But I don't necessarily mm. think that you come straight out of college or a school or something like that and you go, I'm just going to go straight to the flower market and then I'm going to go back to my garage and I'm going to open my own business. Like... Well, I mean, that's kind of what I thought might happen with myself, but I thought that, like, when I would go to the flower market, everyone would gasp and be like, oh, she's arrived. Yeah. Instead, there it was just is. like, is that bitch driving a 15-year-old van? Is she going to be the next face of Country Baskets? <laughs> is that what they really thought, though? That's what they really yeah. thought. They thought, they thought, is that... <laughs> Is that a, a gold Nissan Minecraft? Why is a he showing all these palm leaves? Gold, full of, full of gold medals. Full of gold medals, love you. <laughs> that was my first car. I mean, what I must have looked like. How did you get into it, sister? In like, I, I would know, never have I tried know. to get into something like that. Well, I had It would have just ambitions. looked at me and driven off. By itself, it would have been like, no, no. <laughs> you can't get inside me. Yeah, no, it was, uh, that was my first car and I did so many competitions in that car. And I look back and I think, oh, God bless me. Yeah. God bless me. There's nothing else I can say. How did it was she get a two by dreams. two meter kite in that little Nissan Micra? 
<laughs> I know, but you know what? In the story of my life, like when the movie plays, that will be a hilarious moment. Yeah. You know, this overweight ginger boy being like, I've got to get to yeah. Chelsea. So Mr. In Bain my of Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Um, <laughs> I think that, you know, you actually hit on something quite interesting there. Mm. I think that if you're looking to kind of expand and kind of, you know, maybe look to build your own thing and, you know, move from doing it part time to full time, mm. um, freelancing is a great way yeah. forward for that because it exposes you to so many different places and so many different yes. ways of designing, ways of handling With no clients, and ways of. Exactly. I mean, it really is like the heaven to just be able to take a peek into somebody else's business for mm-hmm. a day or two mm-hmm. and be like, okay, that's how they do. Ah, oh, I didn't realize that they, they could do things like that. Yeah. And it is a wonderful eye opener. It really is. It really is a great way to go. I mean, when I think about how I would advise people who are starting up something, you know, for themselves and it's maybe, you know, a side hustle and they want to go full time, but maybe they're worried because they have to leave a job or they have to leave, you know, some kind of like structure they have in place, like, you know, give them some kind of stability. I think it's all that you have to approach it as if, um, as if it was a real element of business, you know, you have to kind of reduce the risk that's associated with that big leap, with that big jump and maximize the opportunities. And I think that starts by building a client base before you jump, you know, a little kind of regular kind of shtick that you have going on. It might take you six months. It might take you 26 months. You'll know when it feels stable yes. for you. Once yeah. you've got like, re- you know, regular little, you know, people calling you up for bouquets or the odd little event inquiry, you know, coming in. And ideally it won't just come from one person or one client. Ideally it will be from several sources. You'll have things coming in. Mm. And I think that when you kind of build that up to be something that really is competitive competing for your time and your attention, you know, versus, you know, whatever job you previously did, then that's the time to maybe, you know, consider, do I take reduced hours? Do I see if my employer will offer flexi time? You know, could I look at going part time maybe and do it slowly? I don't think it needs to be this huge leap you know, this huge jump into, right, I'm handing my notice in tomorrow because I'm a florist now and I'm starting my business, you know, the next day. I think that puts so much pressure on people. So much. And I think as well, you know, once you start your own business, you can't just have, you can't just call in for a sick day. You can't just have flexi days. You can't just, you know, Mm. call and someone else will deal with it. It's like you Mm. are there and you have to show up. You have to show up when you're not feeling great physically, mentally, you know, you, you have to show up. So I think it's understanding as well that the seriousness of the undertaking of being in business for yourself and even more so the responsibility that comes with that as you scale and you start to be mm. responsible for the livelihoods of others, staff that work for you. You know, it's a, it's a big mm. responsibility and I think it's it's important to be respectful when you undertake that responsibility. For sure. I mean, I think a lot of that comes, if it were me and I was in that scenario, you know, and I was building something up for myself, you know, you know, bouquets on the side and the odd little event and that type of thing. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you need to kind of make sure that the, the numbers are right, that the money that's coming in is stable enough, is enough that, you know, you're going to be able to replace the job that you're leaving or, you know, the hours that you're losing and also cover any new costs. For example, as you mentioned, like, you know, the people that might be working for you or the space that you might have taken on or whatever that might be. Um, 
I just think it does. I think sometimes there's so much pressure around it because it feels scary, right? It feels, you know, you're making a big change. You're going from, I don't know, working, you know, full time at the bank to maybe thinking of asking your boss if you can do part time or flexi time or whatever that might be. So you can focus on your endeavor. I think if you can try and do it slowly, try and do it step by step so that you don't feel that you have to kind of, I don't know. There's not this big jump. There's not, not this cliff edge that it's you're. Not a race. Yes, yeah. exactly. You're not walking towards it, thinking, "Oh my god, oh my god." Mm-hmm. <gasps> you know, just do it slowly. Build it up as you go, yeah. and take your time with and it. And if at any point advice. something doesn't feel right, it's okay to walk away. Yeah, that's so good because I imagine there are so many people out there who might start off or you know it going in one direction mm-hmm. and get a couple of months in and think, oh, oh shit, this is this is yeah. this is it's a lot more hard work than I thought it yep. would be. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more early starts than I thought it the would be. The quicker you let it go, um, the quicker it is to recover. Well, I think that's so true. I mean, there's this um, over here in the UK. We have The Apprentice. I know you guys have it over there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy who is on it over here is a guy called Alan Sugar, um, very successful businessman. And one of his like little sayings that I have totally stolen from him, which I think is such a funny little phrase, is you've got to smell what sells. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like keeping an eye on what is actually bringing the sales and, you know, and if, if focus on that and do more of that. And I think that when you're starting out, you really have to have a very keen nose for what is working or what isn't. And I think you have to try a little bit of everything as well. You know, you have to try doing bouquets. You have to try doing corporate deliveries. You have to try putting yourself out there for wedding and event work. You have to try maybe a little bit of teaching or whatever it might be just to kind of see See what works in your area, see what works, you know, uh, at the market you're pitching it at, mm-hmm. um, and see what kind of, see what you enjoy as well. You know, if you're going to build a business, you and I know there's no, the last thing you want to do is build a business where you think, oh my God, like, I hate this. This is not for me. I literally um, live it every day, babe. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> but you're making changes, yes, which is great. You to. know, that's yeah. the important thing. That's the important thing. Um, and I think that, you know, the last thing you want to do is build, like, essentially your own prison. You want to at least wake up every day and think, oh, I enjoy this. This is all right. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you only do that when you're starting out by kind of, trying a little bit of everything yeah, and seeing what you enjoy. Yeah. And it also comes with that. Like you, you will find things that you really don't like. You will find things that you really do like in business. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll find that you really hate doing the accounts and then, you know, you're going to need, you know, more support with that. And that's something that you need to look at. Or maybe you find that you're terrible at pitching and you hate being sat in front of a bride because, you know, you feel it's incredibly, you know, pressured and all the rest of it. So maybe that's not the type of thing that you want to mm-hmm. be doing. And equally, you might find things that really do set you on fire that you may you'd be like oh my god i love doing corporate it's so easy i can prep them all at home and mm-hmm. then drop them off and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. you know so you you don't know what you don't know yeah you know so what i mean true. you just have to get out there and see what's out there i think yeah i it, it's important to also acknowledge and accept that sometimes we have an idea in our head of what something looks like or should look like and then we get there and we think oh that's not at all what it looks like. You know, it's like ordering a Big Mac mm-hmm. and getting driving around the to the next window and then you're eating it halfway down the street and you think, well, it tastes like a Big Mac, but it doesn't look at all like a Big Mac. So you have to think, no. do you... Can- well, can I get back around the drive-thru? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Have I got else? time to go and get one that looks like the picture? <laughs> or do I just carry on eating it? You know, and it's like, maybe that wasn't the best analogy, but it's, you know, it's trying to... Trying to just accept that I think acceptance is such a strong key word in this industry because, mm. you know, it's, it's the age old thing of like, 
accepting something. And it's just like, and I think that that's mm-hmm, really important mm-hmm. in our industry as well, is that you can't expect to have gone to some two-hour taster course and then the next thing you're rolling up and working, you know, on huge jobs or you're in, you know, doing whatever. It's like, no, no, mm-hmm. you actually need the experience. And it's not, it's not in the sense of like, because people like us look down upon you and go, you haven't run around the racetrack enough times, you don't deserve to be here. It's not to do with that at all. It's more for yourself because if you're setting yourself up for success, you need that experience, love. You for need, sure. You need it. For sure. I have so many experiences with students that I've worked with that have done something once. They've done one archway in my classroom or one, I don't know, table center in my classroom. And then they're like, right, I can sell this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to do five of these. And I think really, or yeah. Yeah, no, it's just because there is so much to learn in our industry. There's so much to learn and there's so many different elements that come towards bringing something together and kind of, you know, seeing exactly, you know, what something's going to look like. And it can vary so often with different materials, different prices, different seasons, different mechanics. Mm -hmm. And oh gosh. Um, and there is such a, wealth of information there to explore and if you don't explore it you're giving you're doing yourself a disservice and you've got to make sure that you build that time to explore it into your actual work life so if you're going to undertake your own business and you know you take on a huge lease that's really expensive in like a cbd or something like that and it means that you actually have to work like a dog for the next five years just to try and turn a profit you're not going to have any time to actually focus on yourself and your own professional development which is only going to make you worse and worse and worse mentally and professionally i think that is so true and you know at the end of the day i think a little bit of that comes down to like the culture we live in where it's like succeed push yourself be a girl boss, Uh you know, Uh like go, 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 go. You have to try and achieve and be ambitious and do this and do that. And that, that is a, you know, that energy can be a really wonderful thing and a very motivating factor. But at the same time, when you're new to an industry, like no matter how often I might sell a week career course, you know, it's not, I can't teach you to be a florist in a week. I can give you a good solid foundation Mm -hmm. and point you in the right direction. That's what I can do in six days. I cannot give you everything so that you can then go away, you know, the next week and be a fully accomplished florist. The thing is as well, girl, it is a journey. It's a journey. And a lot of people, a lot of people won't admit, like, I can also teach it to you, but I can't understand it for you. Oh, that is so true. That's so powerful. (gasps) You've been watching Oprah videos. I I am Oprah. Like, period. (laughs) Like, (laughs) but it's so true because, like, I have literally stood there and thought to myself while I've been teaching students over the years, I just watched everything I said and showed you go through your eyes and in your ears and out of your asshole. Like, it has left you. Like, you didn't see any of that. (laughs) Sometimes those moments are Have you had that surreal moment my though? Career. Absolutely, yeah. So me and you were stood in Covent Garden, Covent Garden yeah. <laughs> upstairs, and you had demonstrated, I saw it with my own two 
dark brown eyes. Um, you had demonstrated how to create a wreath base using like a expanding foam. Mm-hmm. You had shown exactly how to do it. You demonstrated. You said we do this, we do that. We're going to do the this process, now, and then once we the do the process, the process, the full process, clearly demonstrated, beautifully executed. You know, you're working with you know a product that can be messy. No mess anywhere. This is exactly how I want you to do it. Follow me, baby. <laughs> and then I remember turning the corner not even five minutes later. And I remember being confronted by a woman who I tell, I, I like, I'm not telling a lie from fingertip to elbow yeah. coated in expanding foam. Yeah. Like she had had both arms up a cow yeah. that was stuffed full of expanding, expanding foam. foam. Yeah, I saw it An too. expanding foam cow. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, you know, the funniest thing is, is I just remember the look on your face and you actually just having to like, put your handbag down you know it's like you were holding your handbag and i just remember watching you being like i just have to put my handbag down while i think of how to respond like (laughs) and i think i turned around and said to you i'm not dealing with that (laughs) or something uh, yeah something like that or just like i don't i think you actually said to her i don't know what to say I also remember the same student asking if the water was safe to drink, and you were just like, I'm not a spokesperson for London Water. Oh my gosh, I remember that moment so clearly because obviously you had not come out covered head to toe no. in And yet this student had. Yeah, and I just remember her. thinking, this is hilarious. Do you know what I mean? I remember thinking this is hysterical and I don't know what to, I don't, don't know Neither what to of us did. We were do. both just like, oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. But that's a prime example of you kind of, you know, sharing someone, t- telling someone. You can someone teach to it, find, but you, know, you can't understand it. You can him. teach it, but you can't force them to understand. Yeah. yeah. I have it myself in my own classes sometimes when I'm showing, showing things and saying, this is how I do things. And, you know, I like to think that I'm a relatively experienced teacher. You know, I've been teaching for over 10 years. I, um, like, I'm relatively good at theory. It's something that I, you know, I pride myself on that I, I like to try and explain things really clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, loves a crescent. And, I, w- I wouldn't say I'm the loves a crescent. I wouldn't say I'm the best teacher in the world, but I would say that I am, you know, I'm proud to say that I think I'm a decent teacher, you know, a decent tutor. Um, and I know that I can walk through a classroom after I've done mm-hmm. the clearest demonstration of 358 or proportions or color theory or whatever it might be. And I will walk up to a student or a student will, you know, come and tug on my elbow and say, Oh, can you just come and, will you just come and look at my work? <laughs> and I'll say, Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And I'll slowly walk like over so and I will. I am humming with joy because I'm thinking, I can't wait to see what this wonderful student has made. And I'll walk up to the bench and they will unveil an abomination that makes me think that I have spoken in fluent Swahili for the past three hours. And I don't know what to say. And I don't know what to do. And and all I can do is think to myself, you must have had, you know, and I'll turn, I'll hold this woman by the shoulders. I'll look her dead in her eye and I'll say, did you have a lot of fun making that? Because I don't know what else to say. There's nothing I don't know else, what else to, to say. say, sis. Honestly, it's just like, <laughs> did you enjoy yourself, sweetie? Like, it's just, what else can you say? And it's students like that that make me a little bit sad because it's always students like that that are the keenest to actually be a florist. Like, they're the ones I that know. are like, I want this, I want this so bad. And it's like, you can't, you're shit. Like, just walk away from it. <laughs> 
I did a class in Minnesota once, a couple of years, like two or three years ago now, and I remember so clearly seeing what this woman had made, mm. and she had she'd created what I can only call like an environmental hazard. Like it was everywhere what she had created, <laughs> and I I couldn't bring myself to like to really kind of dive into it. So I just turned to her, you know, and she was so lovely, and I just said, "Have you had a wonderful day out?" <laughs> Oh my god! That's all I could say. I just said, "Have you had a wonderful day out, Susan?" And she said, "I have had the best day out." And I thought, "Right, my work here is done. <laughs> Don't try to make it full time. Keep it as a hobby. Keep it as a hobby." Less, no. it's, yeah, we've all had that. <laughs> God, that's funny. So one thing that is also worth considering, you know, which I think a lot of people kind of, it it can get skipped over because of how exciting everything can Mm -hmm. be, is that when you are starting out by yourself, you know, you really do have to pay attention to reduce the risk and maximize the opportunities Mm -hmm. that you have in front of you. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that starts with kind of keeping the overheads low. If you don't mind me asking, Matthew, like when you started out, you know, what was your first kind of premises that you kind of took on? Okay, so very first premises was a a small shop. It was about sixty square meters. So, um, what's that mm-hmm. in feet? That's uh, four hundred square feet, right? Mm-hmm. So a small shop, and it was around about two and a half thousand Australian dollars a month. And, okay, but it yeah. had incredible foot traffic, and it was really, really visual. So I thought... Was that the one in that I visited? No, 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 no. First, th- that, was the, the, that was my second... That was the school. That was the, sh- okay. the premises that I acquired as the school. And right, right. the one with the wood floor, the very first one you came to. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So it's funny because that shop, uh, the first one I went into was great. You know, like I actually actually did quite well there. Like it actually, uh, you know, I'd made the right choice in terms of like where I was positioned. It was affordable. Mm. It was the right size. It was easy to fill. So it meant that I didn't have to like spend a fortune on stock. And mm. um, yeah, no, it, everything, it ticked all the boxes. And then as, you know, the classes and everything expanded more and I needed more um, space there, I got that second premises, the one you came to, as the mm. school. And then after a while, I thought, wow, you know, like, everyone's ringing on the phone and everyone's just ordering online and things like that. I really actually don't need the retail shop as Mm -hmm, such. mm -hmm. So I actually got rid of the other shop and I just had the one that you came to. So I just had the one little store and we just had like a kind of a small, very, very, very small um, bit at the front with just some flowers if someone wanted to call past. But the bulk of it was, you know, deliveries heading out the door sort of thing. You know, we didn't really Mm -hmm. need it. And girl, Mm -hmm. that was so cheap. It was so cheap. That little shop was like a thousand dollars a month, and wow. yeah, and that was like, it's so funny because I look back to that period compared to where I'm at now with like, you know, uh, paying twenty five thousand dollars a month in rent between mm. all my stores. It's just like, it, it's just worlds apart. I can't even tell you how worlds apart it is. And I look, and it's funny because people people often say money doesn't bring you happiness. And I mean, I've never seen anyone in first class crying just quietly. I've only ever, you know, seen no. people in economy crying. But the mm-hmm. people in what? Oh, that thing behind the curtain on a plane. I um, I think there's nothing back there but sky. <laughs> but I think back to that period, and I think about how profitable the business was because. Mm-hmm. 
the overheads were so low. And what that did mm. is like, I don't want to use the term that lured me into a false sense of security. It actually gave me a confidence to go, mm. you know what? The business is growing. It's really strong. We've got loads of cash in the bank. Um, it, I'm going to go and open a retail shop because I can mm. and I can afford it. Mm-hmm. And then you realize how much a retail shop costs to operate. Mm. You know, it's Absolutely. just... Absolutely. Oh, it's, it's, it's odd. It's odd. The only way I can describe it is it's like once you're on the roller coaster, tough. If you don't want to be on it anymore, <laughs> shut your eyes because you can't get off until it's finished. You know, and it's just... It, it's hard. It's hard. It's like if you don't want to get on it, do not get on the ride. I would say, you know, I would actually challenge you on that and be like, actually, you know, you totally can get off this roller coaster because you're the one in the driving seat. I mean, you might have to. Oh, girl, that's so profound. You know, the break in your, the broken, the break in your lease. I know. There is me. You are whizzing past me on the, you know, the, let's call it the uh, fate decider, the roller coaster. (laughs) And you're like, I want to get off. I want to get off. And I'm like on the side with the brake, you know, like being like, come on, come on, we can pull it back. (laughs) Like in a cartoon. And then we both get off and go and get like candy floss and ice cream which is what we were born to do um i i think it's so true though it's so true like my business itself um as you know is not in you know a huge studio it's not you know a brand new building you know of any of that kind of nature it is you know you might walk past it and think i don't know what that is you know that that building but it's a case of it's perfect for what i have and i my business is very different to yours very structured very differently um but I do think that as business people, we have the power to kind of change and build and grow and shape our businesses in the direction that we want them to. And it is so important to have a grasp on the overheads. That it, is so, so important. It, that's the and one you, thing that will pull you under. You know, like it's... For a, sure. Yeah. It really is. For sure. You need to know what that rent is going to be. You need to know what those rates are going to be. You need to know, you know, does that include, you know, water and, you know, mm-hmm. waste removal mm-hmm. and electricity or gas or whatever, you know, all those are the kind of things that come with it. Um, because you need to know what that figure is because then you need to know what you need to be able to pull in. Correct. You know, what you need to kind of bring into the business and manifest and all the rest of it. I mean, from my perspective, I think that when you're starting off, when you, you know, you've maybe you're working part time or full time at something and you're looking to grow your side hustle, your flower side hustle into something more substantial, Mm -hmm. you know, start small, start, you know, with little steps. Don't put too much pressure on yourself because as you've mentioned, there is a mental side to this as well of kind of a fear of, oh my God, am I going to be leaving my job that provides me with a pension and provides me with 30 days holiday a year and provides me with sick pay and maternity leave and all of these other things that big business, um, you know, provides to employees. Uh, you know, those type of things, when you're kind of starting out, you you won't have yourself. And do you think you as know? well, something to think about is, do you think that something as true, I don't know what you call it in the UK, but here we call it superannuation. So, it's like your retirement fund, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, obviously, when you're employed by a business, you it, you have to pay, your employer will pay into that fund um, yes. on your behalf, right? So, do you mm-hmm. think that you can hand on your heart say that every single person that's gone into business for themselves from day dot in their business or even year three or year five in their business has turned around and gone, oh, shit, I better actually start contributing straight away back into my superannuation or my retirement fund? No, not at all. I think the people that would do that are few and far between. Few and far. Few and far, love. Few and far between. I I think that because there are so many 
Um, because when you're starting out a new business, it costs so much. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean funds. It costs no. time. It costs, uh, mental resources. It costs, uh, you know, so many sacrifices you have to make that I think thinking of things sometimes that most businesses, you know, would provide in regular employment. Um, when you're starting out building your own business, they are like, you're more concerned about paying the rent, about paying your suppliers, mm-hmm. about being able to cut a, a small profit for yourself mm-hmm. rather than thinking, oh, gosh, I need to be doing this and I need to set this aside. It's only when things kind of develop that you can then consider those things. So I'm very happy to, you know, go on record and say that I have a pension and I have savings and I have accounts and things where I have set things aside for my retirement. But at the same time, it wasn't like I'd be lying if I said I did that in the first like two years of, of course. business. I didn't. Of course. It was, but it, it was, was, it when was the something you acknowledged came. and you went, I have to do this at some point. Absolutely. I was, for me, it was about year three of the business. That was when, like, I can't, because I, as I've shared, you know, on the podcast before, I started my business in really, like, the worst way possible. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Did I want to teach? Did I want to do weddings? Did I want to do events? Did I want to do retail? Like, I had no idea of what I wanted to do. And there was no business plan. There was no clarity. It was a case of, okay, I'm back from New York and I need to make things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And from my perspective, like it was the first year or two, I would say were wasted because all we did was kind of grasp at what came along. We kind of tried a million different things to kind of, you know, smelt what sells. And then we kind of from there started to shape the direction of the company. But it was only year three when I started to think, oh, okay, I kind of know the direction Mm -hmm. where I'm going with this. And then again, actually in year, once we turned five years old, when the pandemic hit, that's when I was like, oh, I was like, I actually want to take this in another direction. And that is something that I would say to anyone, whether they're in a creative business, you know, that you will, you will adjust as you go. You don't need to see the whole road. <gasps> that is profound. Oh my God. Okay. Right. I'm going to say that. I don't think anyone's ever said this, but get ready. I want to write this down. Okay. I've um, got a pen. Sometimes in life, mm-hmm. you don't need to see the whole staircase. You just need to take the first step. No one has said that before. I'm sure. She's just coined it. She's just coined it. She's just coined it. She's recorded it live on air. She's coined it. She's coined it, love. She's coined it. Even if someone has said it before, let's just own it. Get it on a t-shirt. Yeah. Just own it. Thank you. That quote can now be, I don't think that's Martin Luther King. I think that's Joseph Massey. Um, what I would say, (laughs) it's so true though. It is very true. Because you, you know, you don't have to know, you don't, you don't have to know and it's okay. It's not a failure if you decide you don't want to pursue something anymore. I've done things in my business. I've started little things or little side projects. And then uh, six months later, I've gone, no. Yeah, no. same. I've same. looked at, I've, I've looked at them do. dead and dry and gone, yeah. And you know what? That is the entrepreneurial journey. That is being an entrepreneur and being like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to put this out there and see what happens. And if it works, fantastic. And if it sinks, so what? I don't mind. Because you know what? At the end of the day, that is life. No one wins at everything consistently, even the greats. You know, look at people in any field, I don't know, tennis like Serena Williams. She, she doesn't win every Grand Slam. No. Of course. She loses occasionally. Of course. That's what, that's life. That's what happens. Look at any business person. They will be, you know, who you might see as successful. Every single one of them has had triumphs and challenges along the way where things haven't gone well or think, you know, they might have gone bankrupt or, you know, whatever. And that's, it's okay. It's okay. So what I'm kind of saying is that when you're looking to go from, 
you know, maybe your side hustle to like a bigger gig or whether you're just starting out in general, like be kind to yourself and know that you don't have to get everything right. Like if you make mistakes and things don't quite happen the way you want to, or you have to kind of readjust or you have to even start the whole thing over again, well, so be it. It's not the end of the world because you know what? We're all human and we, we all make mistakes along the way. And I think as long as you have a good heart and good intentions, you'll get there eventually. It's so true, girl. It's so, so true. So true. You don't have to see the whole staircase you can just take the first step quoted joseph massey trademarked thank you (laughs) (laughs) oh girl on that note i think we should um we should thank everyone for being here you have just witnessed the birth um of joseph's trademarked quote that he will now bring up forever so that's something you want to look forward to there's going to be a new company coming soon called uh, Joseph's Joseph's Merch, um, and those <laughs> take the are first going to be on step. It. Just take yeah, the first. step. I'm pretty step. sure that's actually Martin Luther King, but I'm happy for you to attribute it to me from now on. That's fine <laughs> because really, whose contribution to humanity was greater? You know. Hey, well, well. <laughs> I will. I will let you decide that, girl. I will let you decide. <laughs> It's comedy. It's a joke. Obviously, thank you so much for your time today, oh, my thank darling. You, Have, what are you up to the rest of this week? What are you? What are you? What are you? What are you doing? Um, well, it's the last week of the summer holidays here. So oh, thank God. they've been going on for eight years, haven't they? Oh, for yeah. years. Uh, so mm. school is back on Monday for everyone. Mm. So yeah, mm. classes are back for me and things like that. So it's kind of it's good. It'll go back to feeling like. Oh, I don't know. You know that little bit of normality Normal. that we need? Yeah, good. Yep, yep, yep. Exciting, exciting. We'll have a gorgeous week. You and I'll too, see you don't. on the next episode Bye. of Flowers After Hours. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys, for this episode of Flowers After Hours. We have had an absolute hoot doing it, and I hope it's been doing it for you. It's been a hooty toot. Make sure you click subscribe down below and that you leave us a rating and review. That would mean the absolute world to us, and you do not want to miss an episode of Flowers After Hours. Help us on our way to becoming the next Floral Kardashians, and we'll see you on the next one. I am the goose. The egg has been laid. <laughs>